Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Justin Croxton, the CEO of Propellant Media, a digital advertising and geofencing marketing company. He has over 10 years of marketing experience and a deep understanding of digital strategies. Propellant Media has grown exponentially over the six years since it was formed to an eight-figure agency today. Having processes and full-funnel advertising, they leverage for themselves, producing countless leads daily for the agency, ranging from inbound marketing, programmatic display, and to paid media and also paid search. It's going to be a really interesting discussion today. I also come from the digital marketing world, so I love nerding out on this stuff. Justin, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. What's going on, my man? <laughs> I really appreciate you joining me. This is, a, this is going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, I got to tell you, I love the name, right? I am so, I, I was kicking myself this morning as I was reading up on your stuff. Like, why didn't I come up with that name? Right. Cause that was just, you, that is just one of those essential great names that just fits and it just makes sense, yeah. especially for a marketing team. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing. Sure. Well, so I, I, how do I say, how, where do I start? So I, I won't start with my family, but I am married. I got a, I got a little one where we live here in Atlanta, Georgia, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how I got into digital. So I went to Stern School of Business in New York. And that was around the same time when I was really interested in getting into digital marketing. A lot of my classmates were focused on consulting and finance jobs and what have you. I started my own one man shop at one point, did that for a couple of years moved down to Atlanta, your agency with a larger group of guys, right? Larger, yeah, larger group of guys. And it was tough the first couple of years. You know, when you're when you're an agency owner, you're just trying to be scrappy, as many of the other folks out there may be experiencing. You're trying to, you know, build relationships and grow your your, your business. But you know, one of the things that was distinct about us and myself is I said, hey guys, we really need to focus on this one area of geofencing advertising. There's not a lot of people playing in the space. And, you know, as you know, there's just so many agencies that already do paid search, SEO, now Facebook, website design can't really be distinct from those from those areas. So let's lead with geofencing. And so with that sort of uh, with that direction that I gave and a lot of the execution that we did for ourselves, that's really how we grew. And, you know, we've never really looked back. I mean, we certainly do a lot of other stuff, obviously, but. That's sort of been the linchpin uh, to our growth. You know, one of the things I found interesting, especially about the digital marketing space, is just how easy it is to break into it. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, so it, like, especially now, if you go on YouTube, on the, the university of YouTube, I call it, right. You can look up how to start a SaaS agency, you know, as a, you know, a software as a service, how to create it, yeah. you know, how to get customers right away. And there is so much noise. There's so much noise in that space. And there are all these people kind of telling you what to do. And one of the things I found, you know, throughout my journey was that a lot of the tools, they tend to have half-lives to them, right? They don't necessarily work. Everyone got all excited about MySpace. Well, guess what? Nobody's really, nobody really talks about that anymore. And now Facebook comes along and Facebook grows to be so big that, you know, it can't really show in the newsfeed all of the stuff. So they had to get creative with how they're going to show, you know, like paid advertising and, uh, and suggested feeds and all that. And it really, you know, changed the experience from what you and I have experienced, you know, as we're coming up in this versus, you know, what the, what the reality is now. So now talking about the, you know, geofencing. Right. I find that subject intensely fascinating. Yeah. Why? Because it was one time we were driving down the street and I asked, my girl said that they were hungry. So I told them, well, go look for a sushi restaurant or something along the way. Right. And they directed me to some sushi restaurant that was about a mile up the road. But I happened to spy out of the corner of my eye. We just passed another sushi restaurant. Right. And I'm like, why didn't you suggest that one? Mm-hmm. Right. And they're like, mm-hmm. no. It wasn't on my list. It didn't show on my phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, bro, missed opportunity, right? Right. You know, and and what happens is that, you know, you see these examples all over the place, right? When you are talking to clients and when you were when you were going through that soul searching of figuring out, you know, like where you want to lead, how easy or how hard was it for you to pivot and to niche down into just that, you know, that smaller playing field? Instead yeah. of just going far and wide and developing a website and writing content and, you know, and slinging paid ads. How did yeah. that look to you guys? Well, I won't say it was easy or hard, but I will say that the decision was clear as we started to get clients and customers that expressed an interest into in it. And so, you know, one of the things that I always try to tell people is, I mean, you can, I mean, if you have experience in a particular area, like you're in education and then you have a lot of education clients or you've been in the higher education space, for example, and it's easy and you've been in marketing. So naturally it's easy for you to go after many clients in that space. You can grow an agency, you know, relatively quickly and offer a lot of different services, you know, but for us and, you know, for myself, even to an extent, I mean, we had experience in some education, healthcare, but you know, it was either niche down at the industry level, which I kind of didn't want to do, thinking about the long-term, you know, growth of the of the agency, or niche down into into a particular area. And when we both saw that there was demand for programmatic display and geofencing, and that could still be sort of the get in with a client to expand our services beyond that, it really wasn't that difficult of a decision, particularly. <laughs> making money, uh, quite honestly, you know, we, you know, no pun intended, we put more fuel or more propellant to the fire or, or gasoline, uh, if you will, to the fire. And, you know, at that stage, we just continued to grow. And then of course, beyond just the actual service itself was the solution in the problem that it solves, which is targeting of someone based on their physical location, the places that they go. When you're on some of these other platforms like Google display network, you're on Facebook, the smallest you can really get is down to a one mile radius. It 
can't get smaller than that. But, you know, what if you're a car dealership and you want to target people that who are in market looking to buy a car? I mean, yes, you can reach people who are doing a search. But if you're reaching someone who is literally in market, the best way to do that is by geofencing just their physical location when they go to those other car, car dealership locations. And I mean, all the way down to the contours of a building, I'm not talking about just the zip code targeting either. So it was both the practicality of the, of the application itself and then the growth potential that we saw. We put those together and felt like this would be a great way for us to differentiate our organization and then expand beyond that at the stage. It's really interesting that you bring that up because one of the things I found was that, you know, like I had a client, uh, I don't know, maybe like six months ago, was asked about uh, geofencing, uh, geofencing advertising. Mm. And at the time I was just, the, the, the reason why it came on their radar is that their local radio station was selling it. And I was looking at the markup for what they were selling it for. And it just seemed like a really, really high price for what you were getting. Mm-hmm. Right. It was, you know, they wanted like a $5,000 a month buy-in and it was just, I don't know. It just seemed kind of ludicrous, you know, yeah. especially to target all, you know, all studios and, yeah. uh, you know, functional medicine places and, you know, in Colorado yeah. and it's like, yeah. come on. Yeah. you know, like it's not all that. Right. Yeah, so, you know, I advise not to do it. Yeah. Right. Where do you see some of the best applications of geofencing? And also what would you say are like, some of the worst, like where, like, what would you say are some of the scenarios where you'd be like, Hey, you know something, this isn't really going to work. Yeah. I'll start with the worst and I'll go to the best. So I wouldn't use geofencing for like, if you are an e-commerce store, I really kind of stray away from that. Um, there may be a a couple instances, but if you're, you got to remember that geofencing is really sort of top middle of funnel awareness building engagement. It's not always about generating leads. Um, except for certain industries, like say, for example, if you're a car dealership and someone's like really hot, right? I'm like in market looking to buy a car. You're trying to steal that traffic back to your car dealership. It's a little different, if that makes sense. So usually I stray away from things like, like maybe a little bit of tech technology, like SaaS and, and, and in tech and also, um, e-commerce are the ones that I kind of stray away from, but everywhere else is fair game. I mean, great example we do event targeting for B2B brands that are presenting at conferences are going to be at a conference. Or if you're a car dealership or if you're a brick and mortar retail location, you want to be able to measure the people who saw or clicked on your ads from those geofencing locations and came back to your storefront. We can measure that. That provides some level of attribution modeling um, within your media planning infrastructure, if you will. You know, we do it also for higher education. So let's say, for example, you're an undergraduate institution, you want to raise awareness to people that are taking the SAT or ACTs. You can get those locations where people or students are taking those 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 um, those tests and geofence those locations as well. So that's another great example. I already mentioned car dealerships. We have tons of restaurants, retail, physical storefronts. We have some people that don't have a physical storefront, but they just want to raise awareness. And the last point that I'll make is that geofencing can be its own penicillin, but it it, it shouldn't be. Like it's you know, from a marketing perspective, it needs to be part of your marketing plan. It's just like you're not just going to do you know Google Ads by itself, right? You're going to throw in some retargeting. You're going to throw in some site retargeting on the Facebook side, Instagram side. Maybe you got a video. You're going to do a little bit of YouTube. You're trying to push those people from multiple different places 
to increase the effectiveness of your overall marketing plan. And that's usually what we tell people, but there's many different applications and the sky's the limit um, with, with programmatic and specifically geofencing advertising, geofencing marketing. I love how you brought up the, um, the notion of cost and where, and where this particular type of advertising fits in yeah. with your overall budget. One of the things that, uh, that I usually fight with, you know, and these are really people, you know, like uh, I call them tire kickers, right? The ones that call me up, well, what's the cheapest I can, I can do, yeah. I can be on Google for, you know, and that to me is an instant X. It's an instant. Yeah, all right. Yeah. That's, that, that's not going to work. You're not yeah. really online type thing. But uh, really what needs to happen here is that you not only as a business need to figure out what your entire marketing budget is, what I call the big number, how much can you spend on your marketing all in, you know, for your SEO guy, for your paid ads guy, for your, the person that writes your blog post and utilizing mm -hmm. all this tech and not break a sweat yeah. at the end of the month. Right. That really seems to be the big thing. And then, and then it really comes down to, you know, if they shoot you a number, I can spend $5,000 a month. Okay, great. Now we have something to work with. Now let's figure out how we can, you know, how we can utilize all of these different tools yeah. in order to make it happen. How do you help people then through these budgets and figuring out what is the best use of their marketing dollar in order to get the best bang for their buck as they're going through this process? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. I, I love that one. There are many times when, you know, clients will come to us, they'll say, you know, what should I spend? And I, my retort back to them is, oh, well, what are you currently spending <laughs> in general? You know, and so let's let's kind of go back to the, you know, media planning basics one-on-one, right? You think a top of funnel, middle, bottom of funnel, bottom of funnel is typically going to be your Google ads, maybe Facebook site retargeting. That's on the lower funnel, depending on the industry. Geofencing, you know, maybe some Google display, keyword contextual, search retargeting, those kind of things might be in the middle of the funnel. Top of funnel might be, you know, no one even knows your brand. So it's like TV, radio, prints, you know, maybe there's some display that's out there, programmatic display, it's top of funnel where you just want to, you know, let people know within your target audience that you guys exist. I always tell people, try to put most of your money <laughs> towards the lower funnel <laughs> stuff and start to layer in the other things that's going to continue to feed people down that funnel, essentially. So if we were to take an even number, let's say 10 grand, you know, maybe you're going to put four or five of that towards, you know, Google ads, another three, two, three towards, you know, Facebook, maybe another five to 500 to to a thousand towards site retargeting, and maybe another, you know, 2000, 3000, maybe even 4,000 towards geofencing and programmatic display. That's sort of the way that I look at it. I don't tell folks to say, hey, let's just do all top of funnel. Of course not. No, we're, we're, we're business is about profit, making <laughs> money. So put more of your money towards people who are likely to be in market looking to buy your products. Try to find that audience that has the higher highest intent and find ways to hit them in multiple different arenas. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. So when you're starting out, I assume that with the, that in the geofencing market, you also need to do a fair amount of optimization as well, because, yes. because some of your assumptions, you know, where you start out the project may not necessarily be the correct ones, right? Yes. How do you compensate and correct for that? Yeah, good question. So a number of times what we'll see in a great example is a client will give us like 30 locations. Yeah, I want to target these 30 locations. We'll say, okay, great. We'll target those 30 locations. We have two or three different ad sizes that we're not ad sizes, but ad ads that we're going to use from a split testing perspective. We're two weeks in. 
and we realize that mm, these locations don't seem to really be, you know, pulling weight, or maybe we're a full month in, you know, when we notice that full, a few locations have been driven walking conversions. And so as we're consulting with a client, we'll say, hey, we want to remove these locations. Uh, we see that it performs really well on these types of devices like mobile and desktop, but maybe not so much tablet, for example. So we may do that. We may blacklist certain mobile apps and websites. That's another great way that we go about it as well. Um, and we have some other really sophisticated things that we've done. Like, you know, we can also take a geofencing audience and push that audience over into Facebook and Instagram, meaning not just someone who clicked on your ad, but just someone who saw the ad programmatically. We can push that audience over into Facebook. So that's another optimization we may do for clients from time to time. So the sky's the limit from an optimization perspective. Um, those are the types of executions, executables that we typically uh, would do uh, for a brand or for an agency because we actually do white label to a number of agencies out there as well. Um, but that's usually sort of our process and how we make the campaigns perform better to improve engagement, increase walk-ins, you know, ultimately drive revenues for, for a brand. So what's interesting about this is that when you're putting together that marketing mix, you know, just those different layers and how things are going to interact, like you really do need to have a plan for all of them, both individually and how they are working together as a group, right? Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of times we'll even look at, you know, people that have done more branded searches, for example, in Google as a result of the geofencing or programmatic that you might have been doing. Like it's all part of the, the media omnichannel media plan. Amazing. Can you please uh, walk us through a case study? If you, it, you know, maybe you don't need to name names, but just walk us through how a client, you know, comes to you and you, you know, sort of analyze their needs and we're able to swing it out of the park for them. Yeah. You know, using some. Totally. Using some of the yeah. There's a, uh, just crown off the cuff. There's one that comes to mind. They, I won't tell the client name, but they're a, a pretty sizable regional developer, a real estate development company. They have offices throughout the country. And part of what they wanted to do is they were looking to run both a geofencing campaign as well as an over-the-top connected TV advertising campaign. For those who don't know, OTT stands for over-the-top connected TV. So targeting people on streaming apps and websites, streaming apps such as Roku, Amazon Fire, Six of the World, just to be clear. And they wanted to leverage the geofencing with display ads, pre-roll video, and also the OTT. So we're kind of combining both. So we have this big plan of programmatic that we're doing for them. And of course, they had developments that were sort of their competitors within each of their development cities, if that makes sense. So you may have like one develop their own development that's here, but then they have competitors throughout. And those competitor developments are they're being developed, right? So we would build virtual fences around those locations. We do that across the across the entire country. And, it, you know, part of what we were able to do is measure the folks from the other developments that saw or clicked on their ads or may have seen one of their connected TV uh, videos uh, rate, excuse me, video spots and then came back to their physical location. It's by far you know one of the better ca campaigns that we've ran because they're also doing Google ads and they're also doing Facebook as well. We're not we weren't really controlling that component of it, but we're able to sort of combine everything into, you know, a talking narrative of, okay, 
these are live folks who have seen your ads and came back to your physical location. Like we have reporting that kind of shows that like there is an influence, there is an impact. And we, if you go to our site, we actually use it as, I mean, <laughs> we actually use it as one of our reports that we use. Like a lot of clients say, well, what does your reporting look like? And that's actually the one that we share because it was just a great, great case study. It was a great example of how you develop strategy for that type of a campaign all the way down to how you're going to report on it so you can make really good decisions from an optimization perspective. And so if you're a real estate developer, I know I didn't say real estate, but you're a real estate developer, geofencing, OTT advertising is fantastic uh, for, for that space. Thank you for sharing that. That's really enlightening. One of the things I've noticed, you know, I, I, I tell the story as a joke. We just got, uh, we just moved into this house uh, less than a year ago. And before we moved in here, we were just a Netflix family, Netflix and Amazon prime. We didn't, we didn't pay for cable, just internet. Right. Yeah. But now in this new place that we're in the, it was cheaper to have cable plus internet. Yes. Now, my wife is not from this country. Right. So she was, so she just feasted on the opportunity to watch all these, watch all these commercials. Right. She's like, mm -hmm. well, how else am I supposed to blur the brands getting to the culture and sure. you know, all that stuff. Right. And sure. I'm just rolling my eyes. Like, God, if I have to watch another commercial, I mean, we just got conditioned for the past 10 years not to watch any of this. Right. Sure. Sure. And then, you know, lo and behold, we start seeing all these, uh, you know, and you can almost tell which ones are the OTT commercials and which ones are the network commercials and which ones are the, you know, yeah. that are coming at you from all these different directions. And I'm just like, see, that's how they inter that's how they influenced you. That's how they did this. You know, we joke yeah, right? yeah. until finally last week, I just asked her like, okay, are you done watching commercials? Can we go back to Netflix now? So funny. You know, <laughs> and she's just like, yeah, I'm getting there because they just repeat, you know, these, uh, these, sometimes it's the same four commercials on blast, you know, for the whole night, depending on the channel. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I find that whole, that whole aspect of advertising, you know, very interesting because it has to do with inventory has to do with budget, you know, that the, uh, that the client is, but it also has to do with some of the great work that you guys are doing, right. You yeah. know, really tying that all together to make a cohesive message. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's where the, I think that's where the genius really fits in. Yeah. So I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. No, I appreciate that too. Uh, Justin, where can people find you online and how can they reach out to you directly if they want to learn more? Yeah. I mean, the best way to go is uh, go to propellant.media, you know, www.propellant.media. Um, you'll find us. Uh, we do our own advertising. So don't click, click, click on the ad at the very top, maybe the organic listings. And to get in contact with me directly, if you go to propellant.media, you'll, you'll, you'll find me or find our team at some capacity. We have a sales team. We have an account management team. We have an ad ops team. We have two offices, one here in Atlanta and also in Charlotte, North Carolina as well. And, you know, the one thing that I like to tell folks is um, when you go to the site, it's pretty robust, but it brings a lot of value. Uh, to folks like we have a ton of good content ebooks webinars that we've done you know calculators even tools of that sorts and so you know use it as just that as a, as a means to sort of elevate your consciousness in the world of marketing and geofencing and ott advertising and so you know if you go there i think you'll gain some value but just go to propellant.meeting you'll be in a good space amazing justin thank you for joining me today it's been a lot of fun yeah, I, I love talking yeah. about this stuff we can go on forever but we're gonna cut yeah, me too. I appreciate that. Thanks, Jeff. Good, good conversation. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. 
The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable one big tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.